starting this crazy idea that probably should never have worked. You know, one of my proudest moments is to be able to wear the Stars and Stripes, the National Championship jersey. Seeing the impact we're making, mm-hmm. um, working with an incredible team. Welcome to the Small Business Never Sleeps podcast. Every week, you'll not only hear from like-minded small business leaders, glean from their journeys, and gain practical advice from our network of trusted advisors, but you'll also hear from marketplace professionals with specific industry focus. Why walk alone when you are the backbone of the American economy? Join your hosts, John Slusser and Nathan Maud, and discover more ways to make your business more efficient and recoup your time. You can find more resources at www.indianasba.com. And now, welcome to the Small Business Never Sleeps podcast. Welcome back to Small Business Never Sleeps. My name is John Slusser, and this is Nathan Maud, and we're the co-founders of the Indiana Small Business Association and your host of Small Business Never Sleeps. Thank you for tuning in. Today is episode number seven, and we couldn't be more excited. Small Business Never Sleeps is geared specifically towards that small business owner, as well as those who represent small business. And in today's episode, we have a very special guest, Tom Hanley, founder and CEO of 913 Sports. Tom founded 913 Sports in 2012 with the mission of providing bikes for disadvantaged use. We cannot wait to dive into Tom's story. Yeah, Tom, thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Sweet. Well, let's just dive right into things. Tom, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for the past few years, and I've only experienced great things. So to kick things off, just give us a high-level overview of who you are. So I came to Indianapolis when I was 17 years old um, as an elite-level cyclist, and I grew up primarily in the Midwest. Um, My hometown before Indy was Columbus, Ohio, and came to Indy... um, never really planning on staying beyond school. And here I am now, uh, 17 years later, and I can't imagine being any place else and really have built my life here. So, um, my wife, we've got a newborn, we've got three big dogs at home, and, uh, this is just an incredible place to, to call home and, and be able to um, make an impact in some small way every single day. Yeah, absolutely. Busy world, newborn, three dogs. It's, uh, it is a wild ride of COVID between work mm-hmm. and, new child and, and the pivot we had at work at nine thirteen. but uh, we are very fortunate to be here today and, and still standing. Did you go to college at IUPUI? I started at Marion College. Okay. I was team captain for their cycling program, which brought me over here. And then I finished up at IUPUI in uh, 2009. Okay. When you say elite cyclist, what does, what does that entail? Uh, I was a track cyclist. So Short, uh, short velodrome. Uh, Indianapolis is actually one of uh, just a couple dozen velodromes in North America. Uh, so it's what brought me here. And I was a sprinter. So the guys, two guys on the track banging heads and handlebars at 40 miles an hour. Uh, but what it really allowed me to do is travel the country and the world and be able to compete at the highest levels and do a whole lot of really cool stuff at a really young age. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to learn more about your story. Um, if you don't mind just sharing with us, how'd you get into cycling? It was uh, what I like to call the snowball effect. So okay. uh, we had just moved to Columbus, Ohio. I was in fourth grade, um, was a, a tall, lanky kid, but not great at ball sports and uh, uh, wound up actually doing a fundraising ride for the American Diabetes Association called Tour to Cure. And I uh, did it on a 40 pound Huffy that barely ran. And <laughs> uh, one thing led to another, which led to another and uh, started competing the following year. And at that point, I think I was the youngest uh, racer, competitive cyclist in the state of Ohio. And was before the Lance Armstrong era and mm-hmm. all of that. And one thing led to another and um, just very naturally and organically grew with it. And I was very fortunate. I had some skill with it mm-hmm. and uh, it opened a lot of doors and a lot of opportunities for me. That's awesome. So Marion University and, or IUPUI, did they have like a cycling team that you joined? Yeah. So Marion, um, at that point, Marion College, now Marion University, 
uh, is consistently one of the the best cycling program uh, collegiately in the country. So wow. I was there on a scholarship, uh, very, very highly regarded program. And then IEPY had a cycling club as well. So when I transferred over there, I um, still was able to compete at some sort of collegiate level. But at that point, I was really focused at um, racing at a level even beyond that. And at one point you were a national champion. Yeah. Four-time national champion, uh, okay. both uh, individual and, and uh, with a couple of different team events with Marion. Uh, and again, it was, you know, one of my proudest moments is to be able to wear the stars and stripes, the national championship Jersey um, for a year as a, as an elite level cyclist. And uh, just, uh, you know, can't get any more patriotic than that. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. absolutely incredible. So you go from a, an elite cyclist, you're traveling the world, you're a national champion. Um, you're just you're just really living life to the fullest on on your bike and and then you go into starting 913 sports but i understand that there may have been some passion that drove the creation of 913 sports can you dive into that yeah so starting a nonprofit was not exactly my uh, original career path i was on track to become an attorney um, i grew up in a, a very unique household i'm an only child uh, my father is a cpa by trade but uh, uh, ran bank to bank mergers and acquisitions for the last 20 years of his career and my mom was an entrepreneur who sold her company at 40 plus and retired. So very unique household, CPA, very analytical mm -hmm. father, uh, entrepreneurial mother, and wound up equipping me with these great skills to have for what I do today. Um, but, you know, law school was always the path. I, I love to debate and argue and, and all of that. So it seemed like a very natural fit. But uh, in June of 2010, when I was 23 years old, had just finished undergrad, uh, was racing at a high level and I was getting ready to go to law school. I was on a commercial um, private limousine bus that ran a red light here in Indianapolis and collided with another vehicle. And I went from 23 year old elite level athlete to being told um, I had two broken vertebrae and a brain injury and my best friend was killed in that crash. And I was told I would never race my bike again. So I spent the next year really healing, grieving, recovering, processing, uh, figuring out what that identity was of not being an elite level cyclist. It's all I had known for 14 years. And ultimately a couple of great things came out of that. I decided I didn't want to be an attorney after having them in my life for the, for the year plus post crash. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to do something to be able to give back to Indianapolis. And so that was really the earliest framework for what would become 913 sports. I can't even imagine, you know, the tragedy of loss and then also um, the accident that's caused you to, you know, have to get off the bike for, you know, a certain amount of time. I, I just can't even imagine, but you, you overcame and, and 913 sports was born in, in 2012. And, and really your passion with helping kids obtain bikes is what kind of kicked things off, right? So one of the, really the earliest founding principle of 913 came back to all of these different experiences I had when I traveled to race. And, uh, you know, I realized that in central Indiana, there was not a great uh, development program to be able to get kids on bikes. And it seemed like such a, such a simple uh, turnkey opportunity to be able to, to plug in in a different way. So the original concept of 913 was to be able to use the bike as a uh, fitness tool as part of PE classes. So going to schools during the school day, we bring in these stationary bicycle simulators, very high tech, high end equipment that we've modified. And we actually get kids riding bikes in their gym class. Um, about 10% of the kids have never been on a bike before. They come in and get on our stationary bike sims. And just get them excited. And that really was uh, the initial concept. And it's just, it's evolved from there. You know, we, we realized pretty early on that the bicycle is this great education tool. It's a great platform to be able to not just teach health and fitness standards, but 
to be able to teach math and science, to be able to teach employability. When you put a screwdriver in the hands of a student, here's how you fix a bike. This is what it means with career paths on the road. And so what started as one very specific program in 2012 has blossomed and evolved as an organization uh, and to multiple pro- program lines that we have now. Yeah, absolutely. So it's grown over the last nine years. What, what does the future look like? <laughs> the, uh, you know, the pre-pandemic, uh, I probably would have had a very different answer to that. But one of the things that's been most fun over the last 15 months is um, some of these pivots we've made to, to survive as an organization. Uh, we were an organization built on going into schools during the school day. So what happens when schools close, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a staff of 12. Um, I really wanted to keep them employed. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what that future held. So over the past 15 months, uh, we made a big pivot. We started delivering food for the city of Indianapolis, repurposed our fleet of vans and trailers and trucks and whatnot. And that kept our lights on and kept our employees employed. But now we're back to the bikes, which is awesome. Um, and so for us, as we look forward, we've really focused on continuing to improve the programs we have and identify new areas that we can expand upon. So with our kids riding bikes program, that will always be our biggest impact. But kids building bikes, we launched in 2018. It's where that we put the tools in the hands of the kids, mm-hmm. teach them how to build a bike. That was designed for grades four through eight originally, but now we're working with uh, partners like Employee Indy, where we're putting opportunity youth into our classroom, to our bike lab or a mobile bike lab, and working with uh, students that have dropped out of high school, age 18 to 24, teaching them employability skills, wow. helping put them on a pathway for um, employ- employment at a, whether it's a car dealership or other opportunities, simply by giving them the power of, here's how a wrench works. We're doing a lot more um, programming with our Explore Indie program where we're actually helping families, kids, schools connect with their community, um, help better understand the history of Indianapolis uh, and where we're going as a city and what they can all collectively do to be able to help improve that. And who knows <laughs> what's next? <laughs> but, you know, the, the framework for all of for what we do is using the bicycles as a platform is it is the ultimate equalizer. It doesn't care. If you're white or black, male or female, rich or poor, uh, it is this this equalizing force that we really want to use to empower um, and create some equity here in Central Indiana. That's great. It's awesome. So, being a business owner, I know it wasn't your uh, your first choice, but being a business owner as a nonprofit has it changed your perspective on business in general, and if so, how? It has. So. We as an organization, um, even though we're a 501c3, we operate a little bit differently than a lot of traditional mm-hmm. nonprofit or philanthropic focused entities. So I always like to say, you know, we're in central Indiana. Most people understand this reference. We operate more like an IndyCar team than we do a nonprofit. So early on, I realized that what we had was something that was brandable mm-hmm. and something that was brandable in an area that Typically, it's hard to get branding in, going into schools during the school day, pretty sterile marketing environments. Mm-hmm. And in the early days of 913, it's hard to start a nonprofit. It's all yeah. the same perils as a for-profit without being able to easily go out there and, and raise capital or you know VC if you're going down that path. Mm-hmm. So we started selling that the marketing concept. Mm-hmm. Help us bring this to the schools. Historically, we don't charge schools for programming um, in, in our traditional configuration. We don't charge families to be able to participate in what we're doing. So for us, you know, we were really able to build almost this, this boutique marketing and storytelling firm alongside uh, our nonprofit mission and 
just so having that one helps support mm-hmm. the other. Um, so that's led to a lot of really cool things as a business owner, as a CEO of just being able to work alongside these very passionate um, community leaders, uh, marketing directors that get what we're doing and being able to, to use one another in a, in a positive way and leverage those relationships to be able to make a bigger impact in the city. So for me, the biggest takeaway has been Indianapolis is this incredible town. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure if what we started would work from concept to where we're at now in any other city. Um, but you know, doors were always being willing to be open. Um, people were always willing to sit down and have a conversation. And that's how we're here nine years later. And, and it's really just been that small big city of Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. You, you talk, you, you mentioned brandable and I, I, I mentioned this to you. I mean, every time I'm in the airport, I sit uh, in your little sun King, you know, cycling seats and, and I see nine thirteen sports all over the place. So one, where does the name nine thirteen sports come from? And, and two, you, you, you mentioned how great Indianapolis is of a city when it comes to nine thirteen sports and what the city's done for you. Any, any goals of expansion into other geographical areas? So the name 913 is uh, pretty straightforward. It's my birthday. So <laughs> September 13th. In fact, if you look at the logo, it's nothing more than like a desktop day ripoff calendar. Yeah. So we, we keep it really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an excuse to throw an awesome party when warranted. Right? There you go. So in, in <laughs> post-pandemic era. Um, and, you know, the other, the real aspect of that is, is, I think it's clear. I didn't necessarily know the path we would be on. And the mm-hmm. fact we're coming up on 10 years in 2022, um, you know, I was 24 years old when I started this. Thing. I had no nonprofit background, didn't really know the path that this would be on. So there's still a little bit of me on every letterhead that goes out on every mailer that goes out and on our vehicles on mm-hmm. a daily basis, simply with that logo. Um, in terms of the, you know, the, where we're going uh, a couple of years ago, we actually looked at expanding into other markets and, and had some some test cities that we were in. And what we realized is we were probably a little too young at that point to do that in 2016, 2017, um, even though we we're in great markets of Portland and Minneapolis. But for us, we were a six person organization at that point. It was just it was too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're at this point where we've got all of these incredible opportunities happening in Indianapolis and. In a lot of ways, it's hard to even service all of those. Mm-hmm. Um, we say no more than we say yes, um, not only because we're selective in how we do our brand alignments, but we're a staff of 12 people. So right. there's only so many hours in the day with that. Um, so right now our focus is indie, and we just moved into a beautiful um, old building in the near northwest side of Indianapolis. Uh, went from 10,000 square feet, which was what we started with two years ago, to we've got 28,000 square feet now. We've got a permanent bricks and mortar bike lab, classroom space. And so instead of looking outside of the city, we're just continuing to refine and find new opportunities to be able to, to support Central Indiana. Incredible. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like you're doing a lot of positive things. And with that, I was curious, kind of what are some of the things 913 Sports has done for you um, to bring fulfillment? What, what are some of your favorites? You know, I... Uh, I feel fortunate every day. I've got a three mile commute from my home to, to our office. And it is the, uh, probably my favorite part of the day is driving to work. I don't know Mm -hmm. a whole lot of people that can say that necessarily (laughs) on a daily basis, but you know, the reality is even in our hardest days at work, we're getting kids excited about a bicycle. Mm -hmm. We're getting, giving kids an opportunity to develop career paths. We're supporting the schools. We're supporting the community centers. 
And like, that is the most rewarding thing mm-hmm. in the world. And, and, you know, for me, if I'm having a tough day, all I have to do is go to a school site, you know, go check in on my staff and see the smiles on the faces of the kids. That's awesome. And like, it's all worth it. Mm-hmm. And, and all the headaches that go with that are absolutely worth it. So, um, you know, the, the, the give back to me, um, somewhat selfishly is like, I never feel like it's a job. Mm-hmm. I, I wake up excited to go to work. I can't wait for Monday morning to roll back around when we're on a weekend. Mm-hmm. And I have an incredible team that helps make it all happen. It's awesome. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, I can sense the passion immediately, how fulfilled you are, how happy 913 Sports makes you, and, and all these great things you're doing for the community. However, I have to imagine that it probably hasn't always been easy. There's probably been some obstacles or some struggles along the way. And, you know, that takes a, a very specific mindset to get, to get over, and, and you have to possess that mental toughness. So for you, we like to play a game here on – on small business never sleeps and and that is you have to give us uh, a little success story uh that's made you happy and kept you coming back to work but also give us some of those those failures or obstacles that you really had to utilize that mindset to get through yeah i mean in terms of success i uh you know there's a lot of different avenues i can go down but for me it's starting this crazy idea that probably should never have worked in in all reality. Um, the business plan, I look back now and like cringe upon it. Um, but you know, being able to find people that were as passionate as me about what we were building and whether that was, um, my first employee who's now our COO, um, or our 12th that joined our team, you know, just a few months ago, uh, the, uh, the true success has been finding these, these great complimentary individuals that helped me build what I want to build on a daily basis and are as passionate about that vision and that storytelling as I am. And, um, you know, uh, one of my mentors once told me, you, you f- fail at 50% of the hires you make, right? 50% of them are the wrong hire ultimately. And as a small business, we don't have that luxury. We, mm-hmm. you know, it could be the death blow to an organization when you're six or seven or eight people to hire the wrong person. Um, and we have consistently day after day, hire after hire, knocked it out of the park. So that's probably one of the things I'm most proud of is not necessarily something I've done, but the incredible team that I've been able to, to cultivate and surround myself with and um, the, the teamwork we have on a daily basis that makes what we do possible. Mm-hmm. On the failure front, um, it's probably a failure turned into a success, but you know, like every other business, big, small, for-profit, not-for-profit, March of 2020 was probably the most terrifying time of my career and most people's mm-hmm. careers and worlds, right? Uh, we went from being in schools, serving 60,000 students in 2019 to in the space of hours on March 10th of 2020, shutting down school operations. And we didn't know if it was for 30 days or 60 days or ultimately the year mm-hmm. that would have become. Um, and you know, we went on an extended spring break and I sent my staff home a week earlier than the normal one week break we have. And I watched them walk out the door and I really wasn't sure if they would ever be coming back. Right. And we were in that growth phase as an organization, which means our runway was short. Our, our cash flow projections were based on sponsors in July, August, September. And suddenly, were they going to be around? Were they going to be in a position to be able to, to write checks? You know, what happens to a revenue stream? And um, it was probably the most vulnerable moment in time for organization. And, uh, you know, it was a calculated risk to be able to have this growth that put us there. And, you know, I, I went home on that Friday evening and 
did a really good job feeling sorry for myself for a couple of days <laughs> yep. and uh, had a leadership call Monday morning. And we, we sat down and we said, what do we have that can help us weather the storm? And the list was pretty short. In fact, I carry that email around in my notebook. And when I need, need a little lift, uh, I'll, I'll pull it back out. But the list basically consisted of we have 11 staff members at that point, four vans, two trucks and trailers, and 10,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. How do we use it? And, you know, that was a terrifying moment to realize that if nothing happens, there's a good chance that by May, 45 days later, we might not exist as an organization and my staff are going to be furloughed. And you know, these are people that are family to me. So, um, you know, the, the failure was putting ourselves in that, finding ourselves in that spot. It was a necessary evil to be able to, to continue the growth that we had been on. So not expecting a global pandemic to, mm-hmm. to hit. Um, but then the success of that is, you know, we made this pivot. We went from moving bikes getting kids riding bikes to within two weeks, building a first of its kind program here in Indianapolis, delivering food directly to residents in Marion County alongside the mayor's office and gleaners and second helpings. And ultimately it was the pathway for us to be able to employ our entire team. We actually had add additional staff. Um, and now we have a whole separate uh, line under, underneath the 913 Inc umbrella of 913 logistics that to this day is continuing to deliver food. And most likely will be for the foreseeable future. That's incredible. That's and, awesome. and that success just lends to your mindset, your mental toughness, but m- more so your passion of just serving the community in any way possible. So absolutely kudos to you guys for, for overcoming that and, and, and finding that success again. Yeah, and absolutely. It's obviously, that's something big to overcome. So I guess my question to you is, how do you stay locked in and focus? Or how would you define commitment? So, um, that's a great question and one I haven't been asked before. So, you know, for me, the, the locked in and focused and the commitment really stems back to, uh, something a a dear friend once told me, um, you know, one of those early days, one of those hard periods of time as a, as a, you know, startup business leader. And so you got to practice your passion, right? Mm -hmm. If you're not excited about what you do, if you're not excited to go into the office, you know, in the morning, then like, is it really what you should be mm-hmm. doing? And, and certainly we have, we all have good days and we all have bad days mm-hmm. at the office. Um, and you know, sometimes the work comes home with us more than we would like it to and, and whatnot. But for me to be able to stay locked in, it's simply seeing the impact we're making, mm-hmm. um, working with an incredible team, being able to work alongside tens of thousands of youth annually in Indianapolis and see the impact that our programs make with them. Um, and selfishly, you know, I can't ever see myself working for somebody else now mm-hmm. outside, outside of my own board. Absolutely. So, um, you know, to build something from scratch, some people thrive on it. Um, I've got mentors and friends that you know have started four five, six, seven very successful companies over the years. This is my one. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm good. And I, I want to continue to, to grow nine thirteen uh, and, you know, stay locked in with that. And as long as we can find, continue to find new ways to further serve Indianapolis, mm-hmm. uh, further, um, put new programming in place or expand on our current programming. You know, that's enough of a entrepreneurial fill for me. Sweet. So Tom, what's, what's one piece of advice you can lend to a small business owner or an aspiring entrepreneur or an aspiring nonprofit? Don't be afraid to ask for the meeting. Um, one of the things looking back, I realized at nine thirteen is there were probably 50 plus individuals that met with me that i had no business meeting with, but that's the great thing about Mm -hmm. Indianapolis. People are willing to take that meeting. 
And, you know, fortunately for me, they, whether they said no to a pitch or whether they said yes to me coming into their school district or whatever it may be, I learned something from each one of those meetings. And we would not be here as an organization if I had not been willing to make that ask. And even if you feel like it's a really big ask, at least here in Indy, most people are willing to take the time to at least have a half hour meeting. And um, it's a huge part of what shaped our organization to get to where we're at today. Sweet. That's awesome. You know, I always tell others, you never know until you ask. So you got to ask that question. Um, and your nonprofit is one that's incredibly inspiring and rewarding from all different levels. Um, so our viewers today, if they're wanting to get involved, how can they find you? How can they get involved? What, they can, what, what can they do to help? Yeah. So as, um, as programming resumes post-pandemic here, uh, you can find more information about how to volunteer or get involved with, uh, with 913 Sports at our website, uh, which is nine13sports.org. Um, all of our social media handles are the same spelling, uh, 913 Sports. Uh, and we are you know, actively looking for volunteers to be able to get involved with our outdoor rides. Um, we're looking for opportunities to be able to plug in with passionate individuals uh, who want to help supplement our uh, education curriculum. Uh, and of course, as any good nonprofit, I would be amiss to not plug. Mm-hmm. If you're passionate about what we're doing, but don't have the time, feel free to give your treasure and talent. And you can do that through the website as well. Awesome. awesome. All right. So we have an event coming up on July 29th. It's a Thursday at 4.30 p.m. It's hosted at Bar Louie, hosted by Small Business Never Sleeps, our Indiana Small Business Association. And 913 Sports is going to be our nonprofit of the evening. All of the tickets that are on Eventbrite where you can register are $25 and every penny is going to 913 Sports to help them out as they continue to make an impact right here in the community of Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Again, it's a small business night out, kind of give that small business owner a break, network with some like-minded individuals, as well as come out, have a few beverages and appetizers on us and uh, help support 913 Sports and what they're doing here in Indianapolis. Yep. Small business owners coming to hang out with other thought leaders, networking, learning best practices and resources. The key is this, no panel discussion, <laughs> no sales. It's just to, to give them an evening off, right? Mm-hmm. Not, small business never sleeps is a salute to the small business owner who grinds 24-7, 365. And Tom, you absolutely do that with 913 Sports. Tom will be there. Every penny is going to benefit 913 Sports. Make sure you buy a ticket, help these guys out. Truly passionate about it. We pick that up every time we talk to you. Thank you, John. Thank you, Nathan, for having me on this. And uh, really excited to be able to work alongside of you guys and uh, continue to see this podcast grow. Sweet. Tom, thank you for joining us today on Small Business Never Sleeps. I really enjoy getting to know you better and gathering a clear understanding of you, your story, and how you can help a community thrive. Absolutely. We appreciate all the great detail you provided us today and how we can better position you as a uh, community resource in the great state of Indiana. Thank you again for joining us. And to close it out, do you have any last words? Thank you guys for taking the time to uh, focus on small business. It's a, it's a community effort and you know, every small business starts with an idea and a passionate individual and resources like this make a huge difference in encouraging people to, to chase their dreams. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Um, as you heard, you can find him on his website, LinkedIn, um, and then join us at the uh, small business night out event, July 29th. Look forward to helping out 913 sports. Um, This is a small business, never sleeps podcast. You can find us on LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, and all your other favorite podcast platforms like Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Next time, Nathan, and I will spend some time walking through the journey of a small business owner's path toward success. Don't forget to keep on grinding because small business never sleeps. 
You've been listening to the Small Business Never Sleeps podcast. If you are a small business owner who's interested in unlocking the potential of your business and would benefit from a network of other small business owners, then head on over to www.indianasba.com and learn how the Indiana Small Business Association can help you today. Don't forget to subscribe to the Small Business Never Sleeps podcast. While you're there, take a few moments to leave a review. And don't forget to keep grinding because small business never sleeps.